in the hobby. It's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking that we could pull, I don't know, Hall of Famer. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com. The only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. There is nothing more fun than opening an Arena Club slab pack. I mean, it is so much better than any mystery pack that I've ever purchased because there is a focus on transparency. There is a display of available cards. There are hit rates you can get. When you're graded, you're given a rationale. It is the marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, and displaying. Arena Club Slab Packs are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your pulls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling. You can have them officially graded by Arena Club. The Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent, with a full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. Whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform you have to check out. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash badmoney. Wow, that's a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack, that's $40 right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash badmoney for 10% off your first purchase. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Supposed to earn it, or what to do with it, or how to keep it. You're a freak with a dark, shameful secret. But you're not the only one. Get your hidden financial fears with a blast of sun. Now your healing has begun. It's back with money with Gabe S. Done. Hello and welcome to Bad With Money, a show about finances and feelings where we don't talk down to you, and we're about to find out what the shunting is. 
Oh, girl. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Hallie Kiefer. Can you tell my audience who you are and what your podcast is so we know your qualifications? Absolutely. So I'm the co-host of a podcast called Ruined. My co-host is Allison Leiby. And the premise is, I love horror movies. Allison physically cannot watch them. Like She's that horrified. It haunts her dreams, literally. And so every week, I just tell her about a horror movie. I sort of have her try to guess what's going to happen. She's gotten a lot better at it. And yeah, it's sort of like both for horror fans who have already seen the films to just sort of enjoy like a comedic revisiting of your favorite films. And then if you are speak and there are plenty of people who are like, I cannot watch this shit. And I completely get it because nothing I love better. I want to see someone decapitated every day. And I, I don't know. That is what it is. So let me, someone who enjoys this, tell you someone who's like, please don't make me actually physically watch this. And I get this because the world is fucking horrifying. Gabe, I can't read about this goddamn submarine. I'm sorry, submersible. Right. I was like, this is a fucking horror movie. Like, we live in a horror movie. There's a countdown on at CNN of, like, how much air. I'm like, this is worse yeah. than any fucking movie I've ever seen. Yeah. I will say the movie we're going to talk about is, is up there. I, I love this it's movie. It's pretty bad. Okay, I want to just read this tweet <laughs> that I found about the submarine. And I don't know how relevant this will be, but here we go. Matt Walsh said, I instinctively have a lot of respect for people who do daring and dangerous things for the sake oh of exploration and discovery. That's why I just can't understand the reflexive contempt that everyone on this site seems to have for the people trapped in the submarine. It's the opposite of how I think about things. I don't get it. And then Ari Drennan responded, pretend for a moment they're transgender instead of rich. That's bah! so good. Yeah. Incredible. Anyway, so we're going to get actually into rich people because... I'm also a horror fan. I love, I have a really horrible whatever thing where I laugh when I'm scared. So think horrible things are happening on screen and I'm dying laughing and the people around me don't like it and are rightfully suspicious. So I'm gonna, so I had never seen Society, which is, it's hard to find one I haven't seen. This was a, a film that was completed in 1989, has very 80s sensibilities it was not released until 1992. It's Brian Usna's directorial debut. Screaming Mad George is responsible for the special effects, which is absolutely incredible. So one thing I love and longtime listeners of this show and my other show know that I'm like a huge practical effects fan. I think that like learning how they did stuff and also the way practical effects worked was like just infinitely more creative and better than what we have now. And the practical effects here are they keep coming and they don't stop coming. They're so good. It's so good. And I will agree having, I, I, think, I assume you're a little bit younger than me, but like having passed through so many ages of CGI mm -hmm. and then now seeing CGI the way it's done now, which is we are going to mentally destroy like VF, VFX creators right. to make, to, to squeeze every like dollar. And then when it looked bad, it's like, oh, well, it's them. Like, yeah, I think that monetarily, just to keep it on the topic of this show, mm -hmm. there was so much more room for creativity and for ways of doing stuff that isn't just throw a million dollars at it and CGI it. Like mm -hmm. I always think about the in Alien, the, the milk that was used for like Ash's head coming off. Like that's just milk. Like it's so, yes, it's so awesome. But here it's not just, it's like effects. Like, it's not just like we found a workaround. It's like prosthetics and movement and sweat. It's like, it's so good. Yeah, I think I think it, we could see this in every industry, but it's like you can see how, I don't know, it's like the stream streaming, it's like, oh, the illusion of streaming or what we were sold is like, oh, everyone could do something different. Like there's room for everything. And it's like, no, no, no one's going to want to spend money on it. And this is the kind of movie that 
someone needed to spend money on it. Somebody yeah. had sat down. It's like, how much for the goo? How much yeah. for the 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 ooze? Like s- people really were invested in the physical look, and you could tell. And it's so good. Yeah. So the movie was shelved for three years before getting a release in the U.S. And the director said. I think Europeans are more willing to accept the ideas that are in the movie. That's, for example, why society did really well in Europe and in the U.S. did nothing where it was a big joke. I think it's because they responded to the ideas in there. I was totally Mm -hmm. having fun with them, but they are they are there nonetheless. And that's because this movie is about rich people absolutely being parasites on the poor, which is and, and it becomes literal in the end. The opening is a guy sweating. He walks into this nice, clean 80s kitchen. Mm-hmm. And he gets a knife. And I was like, okay, no one lives here. But then apparently it is his house. Mm-hmm. So his mom finds him. He's like, just, we start with him being incredibly paranoid. Mm-hmm. And this is Billy. I, I think it really sets up what something that we all know and can see. And I think, again, not to relate it immediately back to the submersible, but if, if you have been following, which I must be, if someone's listening, you know what I'm talking about that the stepson of one of the billionaires in The Submersible was at a Blink-182 concert. And there is something that we see, and I guess kind of what maybe Succession is about, where like the way that being rich affects your ability to relate to your children mm. is so is so much a part of this. Like to have a child who is terrified of his parents is, it's like we are literalizing like a, like a fear that we, I think like it seems like rich people really have where their interpersonal relationships are affected by their wealth, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Because we get to that a little bit later where they say, well, all teenagers are alienated from their parents. Mm -hmm. And then this becomes like incredibly literal. I really enjoyed he's like at therapy and he's scared of everything and he bites an apple and worms come out. But he has great line where says it's like a nightmare. And then the therapist says last night and then he says my life. Hell yeah. Too true. Isn't that what being a teenager is? Absolutely. So then him and his friend Milo are playing basketball outside, which eventually justice for Milo. They're playing basketball. He says, you know, Billy, you have so much confidence. Billy says it's a matter of good breeding. And then Milo says, you'll probably end up assassinating the president, which I felt very 80s about. Yes, the whole thing is so. And and I believe the director did talk about like this was a reaction to Reaganomics and like Mm. sort of what he saw as that that presidency's attempt to give poor rich people more power in this country, which it did. And we're still living under it, you know, the effects of it. Yeah. yeah. Can you talk about like what what here is like relating to Reaganomics? I think it's sort of this the general idea that if you help the rich, the poor will immediately like like the rich need to be prioritized and the poor, of course, will benefit from the rich, rich's achievement because the rich are the reason the economy exists that, you know, like they're the reason for everything. And mm. the rest of us are just, just happen to be, you know, it's sort of like the movie Parasite. It's like, oh, we're supposed to be the parasites rather than we do all this labor. We're the ones who are actually affected by these policies. You guys are just sort of benefiting from you know, what the people that you could have communication with in the, in the government, which we also see with, and I'm sorry to be like, I've just been reading the news this week and I'm like, oh no, <laughs> you know, how basically like, it turns out like Judge Alito on the Supreme Court also was taking these like lavish gifts and trips. And so it is sort of like, that's all true. And it, what's hard is we all know it and we all just have to watch it and be like, well, I uh, I don't know how you get someone off the Supreme Court if they don't want to leave. So 
I hope in this case, it's a good rich person. Right. And they almost certainly aren't. And I think that's what this movie is kind of going for. It's like, yeah, they got some other plans that you don't even know what they're up to. It's funny that you brought that up because the final joke is a reference to that, which we'll get to. The final joke is a reference to to politics, which we'll get we'll get to it. But so then David Blanchard shows up and he used to date Jenny, who's Billy's sister. And then there's this sort of 80s kind of shot where it's like we're spying on her as she's in her underwear and trying on this pink dress. You got to. Very like, oh, we're looking through a peephole at like mm. an 80s girl taking her clothes off. You know what I mean? We, that's oh, yeah. Classic. Absolutely classic. If there's not a woman who, who doesn't know she's being objectified through a hole in the wall, this ain't America, baby. This is what exactly. are we going to do? Not have a movie where that happens in the 80s? <laughs> we realize that someone is hiding behind her clothes and that she's missing an earring. And the guy jumps out on her and does a terrible job getting her attention. And it's David Blanchard. And he's like, puts his hand over her mouth. He's trying to talk to her, which no one in this movie is good at getting out what they're trying to say. I think maybe due to the massive paranoia. But also, I feel like if I was ever in a situation where I needed to explain something that was going on to people, like a a conspiracy, I would try to do it in a way that didn't make me sound nuts. And these people seem to like be actively leaving out parts of information that would be very useful. And again, I will make another analogy where it's like, I feel like people are constantly trying to explain this. Speaking of like Ari Drennan, like I feel like Twitter is like very normal, logical people trying to explain things. And people be like, you sound crazy right now. And it's like, oh no, but what I'm saying is true. Right. So you're absolutely right. And also it's like, I feel like I've been in so many situations. I did a, a podcast recently where at one point, one of the hosts goes, what happened to you? And I'm like, it's just life, man. Life happened to me. And I'm trying right. to talk about it. Right. It's like when you start seeing all these injustices, but people are just you don't know how to. We've talked about this on this show a lot. And I talked Mm -hmm. about it in my book, too, is there's this article called The Empathy Gap that I think about a lot where it's like it's like you don't you don't know how to explain this to people who don't care about people. And like, that's what it becomes. And I think like this movie is also about like for us to see the the ultra wealthy, how they conduct themselves like whether it's Elon Musk or these people in the submersible. And I do feel bad for them because, boy, what a way to go. But, like, they are so foreign to us. But then they look at, like, us as queer people and trans people and they're like, look at these freaks. And it's like, right. no, 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 no. Like, how do we show you that the way you live is freakish? Exactly. You know, like, the way you're doing it is fucked up. We're just trying to get through the goddamn day yeah. in, a, in a situation where you have all this power. Yeah. So David's been bothering Jenny since they broke up. The parents hate Milo, who's Billy's best friend. And then they mention that she's got to impress Judge Carter. So I guess they're going to her coming out party, her her debut. Yes. And I wrote down, wow, big piano in the li- in the house as a sign of wealth. Mm-hmm. They kind of always I, I don't know, I guess maybe because it's like impractical and big and like maybe nobody plays it. But like every rich person house yes. has this massive piano. That's a really good point. And no one has a piano anymore. Like, I don't even know. I guess we all rent. It's like, I'm not going to get a piano. I guess if I was like a pianist, I would. But right. like, yeah, no one just has a piano around unless it's for a purpose. Or it's like, yeah, I think it just was like a set deck thing for like shorthand. Like these people are rich, <laughs> which their yeah. houses, they're meant to, I think, be old money, but their house is tacky as fuck. Yeah, like that 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 Bel Air sort of eighties. I don't. I mean, because yeah, I don't know that. It, it, there's so many movies that are set in that, and it's such a signifier of wealth in the eighties, like that exact house. Mm-hmm. That I guess in my mind, I'm like as a kid, you're like, wow, they've really made it. That's what being rich is. 
having a piano. These weird gold little statues and a piano. And like, also, for some reason, the girl doesn't have a really a closet. Her clothes are just in her bathroom. Like, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think it just looks imagine if you're listening to this and you haven't watched the film, just uh, the most 80s gauche like <laughs> mansion you could possibly imagine. So, OK, so then Jenny says David wasn't the right sort for her. Uh, and then he's zipping up her dress and part of her back is sort of pulsing with sweat. And then she's like, I've been dating for three years. It's a joke that I'm having this party. He can't go to the party because he has a basketball game. So there's also now we're sort of getting into like it's slightly there's an incestuous vibe to everything. Yeah, there sure is. I'll tell you what. Like, it seems like he and the sister have some sort of like sexual tension. <laughs> Yeah. And then the sister and the parents, when we eventually get into it, have like weird sexual tension. Yeah. Which it's we we know that he's becoming paranoid, but he hasn't really told anyone other than the therapist that he's sort of seeing things, which I guess I would I guess that I wouldn't mention it, but I probably would. I guess like we're to think and I, I, I think this is like why you see this scene up top is like he's so alienated from his family that like, who do you tell? It's like what I tell my one dumbass friend who's also crazy. And like, <laughs> are, he, like he already knows, you know. So I do think there's something where it's like who he doesn't know how to tell, and everything's so fucked up in the home. But no one, there's no one else for him to talk to because either people are like, no, that's not fucked up. That's how we live, or it's like, yeah, I'm also 16 and I know it's fucked up. But like, and that is, I think, again, a parallel to a lot of like families, and I imagine a lot of rich families where it's like, well, you have all this stuff. It's like can't be that fucked up, but it's like. No, nah, it's more fucked up than even we know as the viewer, which, of course, we find out. Yeah, I think like if he doesn't know any other family dynamic, he might not think that this is so weird. And they are. There's four of them sort of hold away in this massive house. Mm -hmm. So then he goes to Beverly Hills Academy, which is so funny. <laughs> like I couldn't get a read on if this is meant to be a public school, a private school, they also talk about how he's like using his popularity to get voted as class president. But then later on, he's actually disliked and like not super popular. Yeah, it's all it, this. There are a lot of things in this movie where they're like, we'll just put it in the, you know, we'll just put it in this. We just got to keep it moving. Like, we'll we'll just change his life depending on what we need, because we really want to get to the shunting as soon as possible. Literally. And we'll get to it. Yeah. And they started with the shunting. And I think they wrote a movie back from it, honestly. You think? Yeah. <laughs> they were like, how do we justify this entire like weird prosthetics orgy we're about to have? And they did it. They nailed it. They did yeah. an excellent, an excellent job. There's a woman in the front row. She has her legs open and he's distracted. Then he kind of throws Marty under the bus, who's this guy that he's running against, who I thought was a nerd and then later ends up being part of the popular crowd, which doesn't really make sense. He also is talking about school dress code and he's like, what if we got everyone to wear something dumb? And then they would make, you know, the the school think there was some kind of conspiracy, which is like, I guess, a fun sort of, he, you know, oh, the, like if everybody's kind of doing these things, wouldn't you think that it's all connected? But then he doesn't really see that. Exactly. And I think, again, like that's also like how we think about conspiracy theorists now is like, you know, it's like right now people obsessed with and sort of going down this intense rabbit hole of transphobia, for example, and then it's like, but in, in effort not to acknowledge all these very real things that we are just on the surface where it's like, yeah, we don't have control. We don't, I, you know, like I think about like AI being introduced, you know, like the writer strike. And it's like, yeah, I don't, I hope that they don't do that because I, but like, I didn't create it. 
So yeah, it's like, oh, we're going to focus on a conspiracy that seems more manageable versus like this hideous conspiracy that's actually going on that he doesn't know, he doesn't have any power to like stop, really. I think like it's hard because I was just watching this video about monopolies and it was like, because I have a fun life. And it was like, you know, the people know that something is wrong, but they don't know what it is. So like people getting evicted from trailer parks and they're like, well, we hate Blackstone because they're evicting me. But then they're Trump supporters and they don't realize that the Blackstone Mm -hmm. board is all Trump donors. So they're like, Blackstone did this, but they don't realize that like actually this group of donors and Trump did this. So that the bad thing is happening, but they don't realize like who's responsible for it. And that is, and I think the transphobia being the example that I, in my mind go to, it's like the reason they don't realize that is because they're being inundated with propaganda all the time. Right. Like it's not just like, oh, they don't know. They don't know about it. It's like, even if they attempted to get that information, it's very difficult. And then they watch the news and it's like, it just reinforces all of these things at least I tell myself to give myself optimism because it's like, I don't think that most people, I think if people really knew the truth, a lot of people would feel differently, but it's very hard whether you're online or watching cable news. Like it is hard for people to figure out what the truth is. And that's it by intent. Yeah. I mean, it's hard because sometimes then I go down this like leftist rabbit hole where I almost dovetail with the QAnon people where I'm like, for sure. Yeah. A bunch of people were on Epstein's plane. You know what I mean? Like I, I do like at a certain point, there is a crossover. Well, like the a cro- broken clock is right, you know, twice a day. Yeah, the it's like the difference between like the Illuminati and like the fact that ultra wealthy control the right. world's economies. It's like those things. Like you're just giving it a kooky name that it doesn't need to have. Like right. it's just Clarence Thomas being bought by a billionaire, and we could all agree on either side. And that's like what I think via the left is is like. Yes, actually, you guys should come over here because we're actually trying to figure something out. Right. Versus, well, it's the Illuminati. You're like, well, what are you going to do? Right. Lizard people. It's lizard. Pe- hey, what are you going to do with lizard <laughs> people? It's it's whatever, you know. And unfortunately, right now, it's it's trans people. And it's right. sort of like it that is their fixation. And that's the boogeyman. And it's kind of like, at least when it was just Hillary Clinton, and they think she's a lizard person. It was just kind of one person. Yeah. So it was all like, the, like their animosity is focused. And now it's like all trans people have to be like, well, I, I don't know. It's like, I have such empathy because it's like, wh- whoever, whatever. And then, of course, there'll be another one in five years or whatever. And it's like, that's why we actually have to try to have solidarity because it's like, well, if it's not me now, it's me soon enough, you know? Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I wish I was benefiting in some way from being trans. Please, what? where is that, my Illuminati? I would love to join. Listen, I think you guys all deserve a little bit, a little bit of Illuminati money at this point after what you've been through. Thank you. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math and see how you'll profit with NetSuite. 
Everything is more expensive these days when you're running a business, and you would be wise to find proven ways to cut costs and boost performance at the same time. The fact that you are able to reduce your IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud is incredible. And the ability to access your cloud financial system from anywhere saves you so much time and stress. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash badwithmoney. netsuite.com slash badwithmoney. netsuite.com slash badwithmoney. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a new candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. It would be so much easier if I was looking for someone to help me with sweetening audio or let's say someone to run my merch shop or all the little things that go into running a podcast. Usually something like that would be so slow and overwhelming. And honestly, I wish I had used Indeed and I will use Indeed in the future. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash badwithmoney. Just go to Indeed.com slash badwithmoney right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash bad with money. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Managing my finances is incredibly stressful and time consuming. I'm sure you guys know. You've been with me on this journey. You know how many finance apps I've tried. You know how much they haven't worked for me. And I'm always on the hunt for a finance app that fits my life. And then I tried Monarch. It is so easy to use with powerful features, collaboration tools, intuitive design, personalization, constant product improvements. I really value an app that allows me to do all of this without confusion. And especially important to me is intuitive design and the ability to personalize because clearly finance is not one size fits all. Did you know that money issues are a leading cause of divorce? Monarch, the top rated personal finance app, also has built-in collaboration features so you can invite your partner at no extra cost. Together, you can see all your finances, collaborate on your budget, and get insights on your cash flow and recurring transactions. It's the easiest way to manage your household finances. Are you saving for a down payment, a wedding, a dream vacation? Monarch makes it so easy to help you reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Have you been frustrated with personal finance apps that are cluttered with ads, difficult to use, rarely updated? So was Monarch. They built a new kind of personal finance app that's intuitive and powerful and ad-free and constantly improving based on customer feedback. Experience a personal finance app that prioritizes the user experience above all else. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash badmoney. 
Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to set up, customize, and use. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. Change the layout of your dashboard, toggle between light and dark mode, create custom budgets and notifications, set up automatic rules for transactions and notifications, and more. Plus, there's ad-free privacy you can trust. We will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash badmoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash badmoney for your extended 30-day free trial. So he goes to therapy and he says he did a really good job at the debate or whatever. And the therapist is like, I'm glad you're allowing yourself some success without sabotaging it. So already the therapist is kind of getting in his head that it's like Mm -hmm. his fault when things happen. I guess he played the basketball game and they won. Then he bites the apple and then puts it back, which is also like a sort of entitled thing to do. I think so. It's like he's embracing his entitlement. Right. Like he's like, you're right. I am good. And I'm achieving within the system that you've laid out. So I think you're absolutely right. It's like I'm now I could be an asshole and put my little apple back. And then the the therapist says, how do you feel about your family now in light of all these recent victims, which I don't really know what he's alluding to. I guess like the family has done some fucked up stuff in the past because he says a little incest and psychosis and we're getting along better now, but they don't approve of me, which I guess. So I guess the family has already had some scandal or some shit going on. Yeah, I I wasn't sure what to think about that other than the idea that, that they're both joking, but they're both also literally being serious. Like, it's almost like it's like, oh, psychosis and incest, like, haha. But also you I am being serious. That is what is going on. So that's what I took it as like, we're both joking about something that is literally true in order to not ever address it. Yeah, the incest part is was interesting. Like, I guess maybe they they had some sort of like family problem or something or like i don't know like maybe a priest or a teacher or something was like molesting whatever it is and so he knows that there's stuff that's not right but he he you know he's like well i don't know this is the town i grew up in this is the or you know beverly hills this is the the society quote unquote so it's like not that serious and then if as soon as you leave your family of origin, other people are like, no, absolutely. And I, I think, unfortunately, you know, like as a queer person, you sort of I, I feel like I could see the way in which like our inability to address the fact that like if you are going to be molested, it will be by a family member or someone, exactly. you know, like so it gets puts puts off on us like we're perverts right. rather than like these are your youth pastors. These are your uncles like. These are your basketball coaches, your therapists. Yeah. And the fact that we can't address that really because we can't do it. And I'm sorry, I I came in so hot on this, but it's like we can't do it because the patriarchy still exists. Like it's all sort of like tied up in it because we can't do that. It's like, oh, haha. It's almost like there's no way for it to be different. And I think I'm a very I'm an optimist, so I I don't feel this way. But I understand people being like, yeah, so what do you do? Like, well, but unfortunately, then it it gets put off on us like we're some sort of deviates. It's like, no, no, we're just, if anything, we are having better conversations about consent or like we want people to have conversations with themselves about sex because we wish that we could have had those conversations earlier. Yeah. And have it be normal. I don't, you know, and you see all these like Republicans who defend like being able to get married at 14. You know, it's like, that's, that's part of their shit that 
we don't really have anything to do with. Right. I mean, yeah, someone was saying like, you wouldn't let a 16 year old girl adopt a baby. So why does she have to give birth to one? You know, she's not responsible enough. A hundred percent. Sarah Marshall talks about this on You're Wrong About a lot with regards to the satanic panic and also serial killers, which is the heightened fear of serial killers Mm -hmm. takes away the real fear towards a real problem, which is it's coming from inside the house. A hundred percent. Oh, Satan must be responsible for this rather Mm -hmm. than like my dad did this. A hundred percent. And and that makes you think of, I don't know if you saw this TikTok trend where mostly white cis women were making like folders about information about themselves, like including like hair samples in case like they went missing or a serial killer took them. It's like, I got such bad news. If you're going to get killed, it will be your current or former domestic partner. Exactly. If you're a woman, you're most likely to be straight. You will be killed by a man that you were or currently in an intimate relationship with. Right. And because we cannot deal with that because of the patriarchy, we then we have to be like, I'll make a folder. It's like, Go ahead and make a million folder gir- folders, girl. <laughs> In most cases, they're going to know who did it. Yeah. No folder necessary. Yeah. So the t- we get to something I highlighted as like a theme, which is the therapist says teenagers sometimes feel alienated from those closest to them. And then Bill says, I think I was adopted. And then he says, you're going to make a wonderful contribution to society, Uh, mm -hmm. which is so funny because it's a double entendre in some way where it's like, you're going to make a great contribution. Like he's going to make contributions to society, but he's also going to be a contribution to the society. Absolutely. Yeah, I love this movie. It's very like they live. Yes. Or the the purge where like it's the metaphor is the literal thing. Yes. And I love like something that's a little more obscure, but I think it's really fun where it's like, get it? It's like, hell yeah, I get it. I want to suck it. I want to see some like disgusting shit happen. So Jenny's in the shower. She's washing her butt very seductively with her head on backwards. He's staring. He opens the shower on her naked. Then he sees snails outside with his parents and the gardener. And they say, we're so excited for our party for Judge Carter next week. Bill says he's going to the beach. Mom says, don't be late. This is also a really good, maybe I'm reading too much into this, but it's also no, like, please he's read talking about one thing and mm-hmm. the mom says an unrelated yes. sentence back to him. Completely, yes. I and also remember that exact moment, yes. I think sometimes that is how it feels talking to your parents. Yes. Where you, yeah. say, you say something and then they say something about themselves completely unrelated to what you said back to you because they don't want to deal with what you just said. Yes, Absolutely. And it's like very surface level, like we're excited for our yeah. party. And it's like, OK, did someone like put a, a sound bite in you and then I pulled a string? Yeah. And it is interesting about I feel like everyone's parents. And again, I don't know how old you are, but in, in my 30s, there is this boomer commitment to like, we're not going to get in the weeds, even yeah. if the weeds are like my own child, you know, right. like because I'm always like, I'll have any conversation at this point. Let's fucking get into it. But and and so I always have to think like, the way they were raised was so committed to that. Like, if it's something I don't know how to deal with or I feel uncomfortable, I will not have this conversation. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It just seems boring. And I'm like, really? We can't like, I don't know. Would it be more interesting to have an argument than just not have a conversation at all? Then just say a sentence like, the weather is good. I am excited for the party. <laughs> like, it's just yeah. very like, yeah, it just like, made so much sense to me. So then he gets in his truck and there's a naked Ken doll with a nail through its head and he tosses it. I wrote here, the music is doing the absolute most. Yes. The soundtrack is so giving <laughs> giving us exactly what we're meant to feel at that moment. Yeah. So then he's at the beach. He tries to massage his cheerleader girlfriend, Shauna's stomach with sunscreen. They start making out. She says she loves him. 
Then she's like, you got to get us invited to Ted's party. I don't understand why we were left out, which. OK, so isn't he popular? Why are they not invited to the party? I I don't I thought it was like, oh, are, is the are the popular kids? Because you're right. The popular kids don't like him. Their candidate is the nerd. Yeah. And I was like, oh, is he causing problems because he is sort of like he is more observant. So he's like kind of fuck you. And the nerd is just like their Supreme Court justice. So they're like, we could puppet the nerd. The nerd wants right. to be on our side. This guy's cool. And it's like, I, I'm allowed to point out how fucked up things are. So they're gonna. that was the only way I could sort of make sense of it. Yeah, that we think the nerd is going to be a good guy. But then it mm -hmm. ends up that he's being backed by these rich assholes, which yes, yeah. kind of makes sense. Yeah, I think it probably happens a lot. Right. I was thinking, yeah, maybe like maybe it's like, you know, oh, this is our candidate we're going to put forward because he looks the part. And then all yeah. of us will be slimy in the background. Yeah. So kids with face paint go by. They steal the sunscreen. They spray it on them and yell, die, alien scum. Mm -hmm. He crawls to get it. And he comes face to face with this dark haired blue bikini beauty who squirts him in the face with the sunscreen and says, don't get too hot. And in she, the hottest shot of the entire movie. I was like, this is incredible. Like you, I wish there were more movies with this. Like, I just feel like movies in the 80s, to their credit. I mean, yeah, it's a lot of like watching women through people, but they were hornier in a way where like, you're just not ambiently going to get a moment that horny in most horror movies now. Yeah. And we really need it. We need it. It's the same girl from the auditorium. And I like that she squirts him in the face. Yeah. I think that's really fun. And he's below her. Yeah, it's it's incredible. Yeah. So then he also runs straight into this big fancy woman with dead eyes and a bunch of necklaces and earrings who we later learn is this girl's mother. But I we don't know that yet. tales of that character. I was like, what are we doing? Because she is like she's like a Frankenstein or like an automaton. Yeah. Like she's not sentient in the way that other people are in the movie. And I just so I don't I wasn't sure what to make of that. She's not sentient like. She's definitely she's lumbers around like a Frankenstein. She's mm -hmm. dead behind the eyes. I wonder if she's meant to sort of represent like someone who's being kept around to sort of mooch off of or use as a front because her, her outfit doesn't make sense for the beach. Like she's dressed. Up. Yes. And so like I wonder if they, it's someone that they shunted in the past. That, that, they're that just would make using. sense. Yeah. Something clearly happened to her. So that, that, that stands to reason. Completely traumatized woman. In this rich society who's just blank, which maybe I'm reading again too much into it, but I think not. I think they thought through a lot of stuff. Oh, absolutely. I think you're right. It's like even if that's something a little more obscure, I, I, I'm sure that there's a reason baked in that we get to look for. Ted Ferguson is friends with the nerd, like we said. They say, what are you going to do? Rig the election. And Ted says, we don't lose. And he's not invited to the party. So that also is like what you were saying, like Alito being backed by, by these rich people mm -hmm. or even I read Jane Mayer's book. I forget what it's called. It's she's like a really good journalist. And she wrote this book called Dark Money. And in Dark Money, she talks about how the first chapter is so scary because she talks about Obama being elected and how like he everyone has such hope and he's elected and all this stuff. And then he gives his speech on a carpet at the White House that was paid for by the Koch brothers. And that's yeah. what this feels like. It's like you think you have this good candidate, but honestly, it's it's all the if you follow the money, it's all the same. Yeah. And that's why I'm like, it, 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 
cute. You just like if you could talk to these cute on people and get them to understand. It's like we are try. We're all kind of scrabbling at the same like wall that we can't get over. So Blanchard returns to the beach and he has a briefcase and he says, I need to talk to you about something important. And then we see the family hanging out with Judge Carter, who I didn't realize is an old man because they make it they they make it sort of seem like she's going to fuck Judge Carter, which will become apparent later. But I was like, oh, they're trying to set their teen daughter up with this old man. And I was like, maybe I'm wrong about that. But I wasn't. No, no, you were dead on. There's something in the clasp of her earring. So then Blanchard back at the beach has all these tapes of family, Billy's family. And he's like, you bugged my family or whatever. But then he's playing it for him. And the sister is like, oh, am I going to be able to do it with men and women? And they're like, yeah. And then she's like, they're like, okay, you know, the way that these cotillions go First we die, then we copulate, then, you know, someone your own age first. And then it skips ahead to her earring, which is bugged at the party. And there's like a line. Wow, your boobs are totally sexy. I love that. It's so good. It's just so much fun to see how far you can stretch. (laughs) The boob thing is so good. The hotter and wetter you get, the more you can do. I think, unfortunately, like this is also part of it and like why like queer and trans people are sort of like vilified around sex is like there is also this thing that like elites have sex in this like completely amoral hedonistic way. And then like normal people have normal sex. And I think, unfortunately, we also get caught in the crossfire of like people's judgment on sex. And I just think about like, I don't know, like rich people having orgies or whatever. And it's like. Well, poor people could have orgies too. I, I don't think well, this isn't a class thing, but like it's the idea of like normalcy that that's also part of it because of our very retrograde ideas about sex in this country in general. Yeah, like her going to an orgy is not the same as incest. The problem here is that both of the parents are there. Yeah. And that it's like some sort of weird initiation bacchanal. Absolutely. And I think I would just be like, unfortunately, like they see it's like, oh, being trans is not the same as being a groomer, being queer is not the same as being a pedophile. But once they have control of it, they kind of can say whatever. And we have to be like, but we're not doing that. We're 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 not doing any of that stuff. And they're like, who can say what you guys are doing? So this was like, unfortunately, we do kind of like, like our conversation about sex, like anyone you don't like must then be a pervert, sort of. Right. And so they listen to the orgy. Blanchard says, you've been living with these people all your life. and You didn't know anything about this, which I think is because there's a line too where the sister says, I can't I kept a straight face when Billy had his basketball game, meaning like he couldn't come because they scheduled the basketball game. So that kind of indicates that this is like a town wide conspiracy mm-hmm. and that they're all trying to get one over on on Billy. Yeah, so he gets rightfully paranoid and grossed out. He takes the tape to his therapist and lets him keep it, which anyone who's ever seen a movie knows is a bad idea. Yeah, absolutely. The you therapist is like, tape you don't trust me? Nah, bitch, I don't. No. Don't give him the tape. And make a copy, at least. And I want to say I love Blanchard having, my favorite part of the movie is Blanchard having a huge, gigantic suitcase on the beach. Yeah. Like, to shoot that on the beach made no sense, and it was really fun. But yeah, you got you to gotta make a copy of the tape before you hand it over. And I think like also, you know, it's interesting because I don't know how many kids in the 80s were in therapy. So I wonder if they're viewing therapy as a rich person thing. That's a good point. Like, you know, it's it's a rich guy thing that he's in therapy. The parents throw their kid to therapy. Mm -hmm. They don't even bother to get to know him. They don't know anything about him. And they're having him trust this therapist. And then the therapist is also untrustworthy. Exactly. Yeah. So he tries to tell his girlfriend about it. 
and she and she just keeps talking about Ted Ferguson's party. And then he's like, is that all you think about parties and social problems? And so they break up. And then Milo puts a shrunken head in his locker as like a joke. He's not explaining himself well. Like yeah. He's not saying I heard a tape of everyone fucking like yeah. he's mostly just like, you don't understand. We can't go to that party. And I think like it's maybe this thing of trying to communicate with again, like this, the girlfriend is like his mom trying to communicate with someone who's only thinking about social stuff and society, hence the name of the film. And like you can't really get at a deeper conversation with this person. Yeah, it's like they're, to have the conversation of what he's trying to say would require that person to totally dismantle their understanding of like how they live in the world. Right. So I think like we said, like with her parents, where it's like, so I'm just not going to do that. I, right. you know, it's like, I'm not going to hear it. And then it's like, well, how do you as that person try to explain like, yeah, this is some shocking shit that we all should know. But there is that part of people where it's like, or I, if I don't know it, I don't have to deal with it. I always ask people this, Hallie, and it's like, if somebody came up to you, a friend or someone you loved, and they were like, they told you this wild conspiracy and they were like, this is happening. Like, I heard a tape of my family having sex with each other. I think they're aliens. I, we always say in these movies, like, well, wouldn't you believe them? And I'm like, I always ask people this because I don't, I, I'm like, let one small talk dies down. I'm like, what would it take for you to believe if your like partner came to you and was like, hi, I'm here from the multiverse. And like, I'm here to take you to the multiverse. Like these things that we go, well, obviously I'm watching this movie. I'd believe them. But like, would I, you? I mean, it's so hard because it's like, yeah, I would. But I'm like, well, I guess we now have deep fake audio. So even if they played me the tape, I mean, I guess, yeah, my first reaction would be like, okay, so you're having some sort of mental health crisis. We'll, we'll get through this. It'll be fine. I would need to see some evidence. I would need to see the shunting. I would need to see someone's head turned around. Like I would need to have a little bit more. But yeah, I think that's great. I mean, think, look at how like all this footage of like UFOs or U mm -hmm. UAFs or whatever they're calling now. And it's like, people were like, wow, look at all this shit. And people were like, I'm going to need to see, I'm going to need to see an alien maybe. Because, right. But that's because of how untrustworthy reality is all the time. It's like, so I feel it's like, okay, it's a video. I've seen made up videos, yep. haul an alien out and I shake its hand and then I'll believe you. So I would believe, but it would require a higher level of proof, I think. Hey guys, Gabe Dunn here. I just wanted to let you guys know that I have a Patreon at patreon.com slash Gabe S. Dunn. And on that Patreon, I'm going to start doing live hangs with everyone who is a patron. So if you want to join the Patreon, you can get all these episodes ad free, videos of our mailbag episodes, extra writing from me, blogs, fiction, other stuff, things that I'm thinking about with regards to money and personal stories. And also now live hangs with me on Zoom once a month. So join the Patreon. And if you're not a member of the Discord, hop on over to the Discord. That's free. The link will be in the description. It's so fun. So many of you guys talk over there. It's like truly popping off. Um, and if you're on the Discord, I would love to see you in the live hang. So I get to put a face to a name. So yeah, please join patreon.com slash Gabe and come hang out with me. Shout out to Clarendon for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. You guys know that I have had allergies for forever. I've had seasonal allergies since I was a kid. It causes pressure in my face, under my eyes. They're my ultimate handbrake. When my nose is plugged up, I feel like I can't do anything. I can't enjoy food because I can't taste it. I can't work out because I feel tired and distracted. I can't even host the show because my voice sounds like a duck. And listen, 
I am already dealing with vocal strain from testosterone and my voice dropping. I don't need any more problems with allergies. Luckily, for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. I've been taking Claritin D for allergies like probably for the last 10 years or something, and it's been an absolute life changer. I can go outside without my eyes watering like a fountain. I can speak without feeling like a frog has jumped in my throat. I get really embarrassed when I'm sneezing all the time. I have like an itchy nose or throat, like ugh, like just the, the itchiness in the back of your sinuses is like so distracting and so annoying. And I get like pressure in my ears too. It's really painful. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. I love to track progress. As you guys know from listening to this show, I'm constantly tracking my progress. What have we done so far in 2024? And spring is in full bloom. Are your finances blooming too? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities for lower rates on loans like for a car or a home. You can use it everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. That's right, you can build your credit using your own money. Get paid up to two days early with direct deposit. With a qualifying direct deposit, you can get access to your money sooner. Fee-free overdraft with SpotMe. Overdraft up to $200 without fees with SpotMe when you set up a qualified direct deposit. Just set up a qualifying direct deposit, sign up for SpotMe, and Chime will spot you up to your limit when you make a credit card purchase or cash withdrawal that exceeds your balance. Access 60,000 plus fee-free ATMs. That's more than the top three national banks combined. Easily find one near you with the Chime app. Send and receive money. Use Chime to pay anyone, Chime members or not, and cash out your money fee-free. With Chime's secure credit card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started at Chime.com slash bad money. That's Chime.com slash bad money. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. The therapist says bugging people is illegal, plays a completely different tape. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, you made it up. The tape is so normal. So then the therapist says you have to learn to accept society's rules. If you don't follow the rules, bad things happen. Some people make the rules and some people follow the rules. It's a matter of what you're born into. This calls back in the beginning where he talks about good breeding. But like, it's interesting because later on, we don't really know if he was born into his family or what. Like that's left ambiguous. Yeah. And he mentions thinking he was adopted. He doesn't look like them, anything like that. But also like, I remember being a teenager and being like, mm -hmm. what if I'm adopted? What if I'm secretly adopted? Which by the way, happened to my brother. So it's Wait, like, is that true? Damn. Yeah. Well, he figured out he was adopted when he was eight and he looked at a, a doctor's, he was like in a doctor's office and his paperwork said adopted. Wow. First of all, that's a sloppy doctor, but also 
Well, how old were you? Like when you, when you? No, so I mean, it's a long story, but he was adopted oh, okay. away from our family. Oh, okay, that's wow. Yeah, so yeah, I think like you have this thing, but you have this like fantasy in your head that you're adopted and your real parents are actually like wizards or something. Absolutely, because we all want to be understood by our parents, but there is so much of parenting, and I think like like I have friends who are having kids, and I do think it's a very different idea of parenting. They're really trying to be conscientious. But there's this idea, I think, you know, for our parents where it's like, my child is somehow an extension of me that I like, I, they have to do a good job or they have to be a certain way and to fulfill how I feel. And I think it's sort of like, this is a situation where it's like, that alienates you from them. So like right. your kids are like, I can't exist to be the all, like be the good student or if I fail, then it's like a, your failure. That's too much. We can't do that to kids. And so I think it is like that teenage feeling of like, I guess I'm fucking up or there's something wrong with me. I must be adopted. Like if my right. family, even my family can't understand Then I must be the problem. I'm something or, or, or something else is going on. Right. He goes to get another tape from Blanchard, but obviously Blanchard has had a car accident and is dead. Duh. Uh, he finds the tape and the briefcase, but a cop stops him and says, this isn't a garage sale. Get the hell out of here. So obviously now we're starting to be like, okay, the cops are in on it, which Yes, definitely. You know, they're being bought off or they're sort of part of this conspiracy. Obviously, like Blanchard is on to them. So he definitely was not long for this world. He gets home and he's like very upset. And he's trying to tell them that his, his you know, his sister's ex-boyfriend is dead. And they're like, a telegram came for you. You're invited to Ted's party. Ted the Tycoon Ferguson. And they're like, and he's like, aren't you upset that, that your ex is dead? And everyone in the family is like blank face. And they're like, yes, we already knew about the car accident. They have no reaction to his death. They're just sort of like very, yes, it's really sad. But she doesn't look sad at all, the sister. She's blank. The mom starts talking about the interiors of the Ferguson house and like who did them and how beautiful they are, which is exactly right. You're like going through something traumatic. You're trying trying to talk to your family about it. And then if you're family is disconnected from you or only concerned with society and wealth, they're going to be like, wow, the interiors of that house are beautiful. She, the mom keeps saying things that have nothing to do with anything. And that's like, that's like, so seems so right for parents. I've just been, again, I've, we're doing an episode about Warren Buffett. So I've been reading a lot about him and the way that his, he is just disconnected from his children and grandchildren is like exactly this. When you, I, I think it makes me think of like Elon Musk, where it's like your eldest child, who is a, a trans, a young trans woman, literally was like, I'm going to change my name and also specifically change my last name because I do not want to have anything to do with you. And he's got like 10 kids and he says publicly, can't win them all. It's like, that's your child. But like, and I think a lot of like so much of this. And again, like I, as soon as I came out, I like became politically insane, which we all should be. But like, Oh, so many people are just on a track that they feel like, and it's like, it's whiteness, it's wealth, it's heterosexuality, it's being cis. Like, it's like, I have been given this track and I have to stay on it. And what we want to show them is like, if you get off the track, there's all this other stuff. It's not that scary. But it, of course, we talk about this like in, with such a thread. And I think for rich people, it must be like, if I'm not rich, what am I? And it's like, you're just a regular person. But for them, they they think of that as such a horror show. Like, rather than like, yeah, sorry, you have to be in the scrum with all of us. But it's, but like, but the good things are, yes, we get to have more intimate relationships. Like, we have to. I don't know. Rather than like, I, I don't know. It is so much about that. 
It reminds me of the mom from Succession where Kendall tries to tell her about the thing that happened and she's like, let's talk in the morning and then she leaves. It's very that. Also, like I was going to say society to them, they keep saying contribution to society, which society, what they mean is the economy. What they mean is you'll become a worker, you'll make money, that'll go into society, that'll come, like you said, Reaganomics, trickle down. It's, it's by society, they sort of also mean contributing wealth economically. You're going to have beautiful interiors to your home. You're going to have a family that looks right, even if it isn't right. The sister says, what are you going to wear to the party, I think? And, or he says to the funeral and she's like, they're like, no, to the party. So he's the only one who cares that Blanchard has died. He gets to the party. The beautiful mystery girl is there. She approaches and they dance. And she's actually a real girl. Her name is Clarissa Carlet. Milo makes a joke that Clarissa turns tricks and she just sort of laughs. And then like we realize that the the woman, the dead eyed woman from the beach is Clarissa's mother. He follows her into a tent to talk to Ted about Blanchard. And he's like wanting to talk to him about like what's going on with Blanchard and Jenny. But then my thing is, why isn't he talking to Milo? Milo keeps being like, something weird is going on. And Billy's like, shut up. <laughs> I know, because eventually when he does, I think it's maybe really just like, again, like, we got to get this shunting. So what do we got to do? We'll keep these two friends apart. Because then when they do finally join forces, like it is, that is like what enables any good stuff to happen. But I agree at this point, I guess because he was playing those tricks on him or pranking him. Yeah. Like he's mad, but it's like that is neither here nor there at this point. Like, you know, too much to be mad about a prank. I wonder if it's like, again, maybe giving this movie too much credit or maybe being right on that Milo is kookier. So Billy's like, yeah, I'm on the conspiracy, but you're a weirdo. I think you're right. It's like, okay, this motherfucker can't even if I tell him he can't do anything about it. Right. It's like a fellow member of of the lower class. Right. It's like it's like, oh, well, Milo is on to something and he's but he's like the kooky person. He's wearing the tinfoil Mm -hmm. hat. I'm not like that. I'm different. Yes. That's a really good point. So then they go into the he goes into the tent and he's like, what happened at the debut? And Ted says, first we dine. You know how these society things go. First we dine. Then I fucked your sister. Then everyone else got so turned on. They fucked her, too. And I was like, damn, we went there. Yeah. Then he talks about Blanchard and he says, I ran him into a pole. And then they hold him out. They hold him outside over the pool and they say, you make waves this week. You're going to drown. So now he's been told of the entire conspiracy. He's being told he's right. And he still like is has no recourse. Right. Exactly. It's like, oh, we everything you said was right. And we're just going to do it in your face. Yeah. Fuck you. What are you going to do about it? Well, he's distracted because Clarissa comes up and he's doused in water and she says wet dreams. And then she also like takes his button off of his shirt that's falling off, which is like this button's hanging on by a thread. And then she plucks it off, which is kind of, I guess, like his mental state, a metaphor. Mm-hmm. He's like, you're weird. They go into the other room. She's in a bathrobe, which I didn't even think it was her house. So I don't understand how she's in a bathrobe. I didn't understand that either. Like until like her mom comes out, I was like, where the fuck are they? I thought it was the house for the party. Like I yeah. didn't realize that they had moved locations. Yeah. I did too. So then she's like, let's get you out of those wet things. She calls him so fresh. Which, like, again, I understand that you're horny and turned on. And, like, I've been on testosterone for a year. And I understand that we will let things slide now. She calls him lean machine, jelly bean. Like, she's, like, saying all this stuff that, like, clearly... And acting in this way when she fucks him. Where she's, like, clearly breeding him or doing something weird. Yeah. And I feel like... But I I do think, like, that was also so much of, like, how sex was depicted in the 80s. So I imagine if you're a teenager, you're like, 
based on what I've seen in TV and films, this must be normal because that is that goofy, weird, like cheesy way of talking about sex was so 80s. So I guess you're like, all right, I guess I guess p- people do talk about sex like it's revenge of the nerds or something. Yeah, I mean, he like gets off of her and he sees that her body is all fucked up, similar to how the sisters was in the shower. Then she says something like, I wonder when exactly you lost your virginity, which maybe is like a a reference to he's losing it now because he doesn't realize that the sex is so fucking weird. Yeah, because you think that's a good point. I, I didn't think about whether he had had sex before. I guess I maybe assumed that he had had sex with his girl, that girlfriend, girlfriend that you yeah. see. But, but yeah, I don't know. I, I wonder if maybe it's another way of like saying we don't have sex education in this rich society. You make that you might think that this is normal because you've never done this before. And me saying you're a lean machine jelly bean might just be how we do things here. Yeah. Then she says the funniest thing I've ever heard, which is she's making him tea. And she says, how do you like your tea? Cream, sugar, or do you want me to pee in it? I fucking love. I actually found a T-shirt online that says that that I might buy. I the, the one-liners in this movie are so good, so funny. I love that. I think maybe also it's a reference to like weird, kinky sexual practices that are happening behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. I thought that was hilarious. It's so good. Then the mom comes home. We learn it's the mother. She's holding blonde hair in her fist, and then spits up blonde hair and puts it in his hand. I didn't get it. I don't know. I, I That was the one part of like, why? One thing is she's pulling people's hair out. That's a running theme. So what we're seeing is that she's pulling people's hair out. And I'm not sure why. I think just to reference that she's kind of like fucked up. Yeah, she, she sure is. He doesn't mention anything about it. So things are getting more overt in his head. And he's like not mentioned any, like from what he's thinking, it's like getting more overt before his eyes. And he's not thinking about it. He gets into his car. It has sex dolls with a Ken doll labeled Bill in its mouth and a doll labeled Clarissa. He goes to school and his girlfriend is wearing this amazing denim dress. And then she dumps him. He gets home. Ugh, bring back the denim dress from the 80s. Anyway. I think people keep trying. I, I, I'm up for it. I really mm. liked it. Anyway, he gets home. Everyone in his family is in lingerie. The dad is massaging his sister. And his mom is like, you look really nice in your tie. And he realizes that they're all flirting with him. And he's like, that's disgusting. So he like starts like, you know, and then they're like, you're going to do our family proud. And he's like, you guys are disgusting. I don't know if you're my mother. God knows where my mother is. And then he says, fuck you, butthead to the dad. So this is kind of this interesting thing where I, again, don't ask why I'm watching or reading the things that I'm reading. But I was reading. It all makes it all makes sense to me. Everything you said, I'm like, yeah, we all should be reading this shit. I was reading a lot about narcissism and covert incest. And you touched on this a little bit, which is that parents tend to think of their children as extensions of themselves. Mm -hmm. So extensions of their own bodies, extensions of their own minds. That's interesting. That's a good point. So when your child thinks differently than you, so you're a Republican, your child's a liberal or they do something to their body that you wouldn't do. They transition, Mm -hmm. let's say the parent takes it personally. As if it is their mind and their body that is being poisoned. And I experienced that a little bit on my transition. And I think it's this thing where obviously it's not like overt sexual incest. So it's hard to pin down where it's like this thing called emotional incest or covert incest. And a Mm -hmm. great example is Gilmore Girls, where the mom is too much of a friend to the daughter. 
Right. There's no boundaries. There's no healthy boundaries boundaries between them. Yeah. And the parent is the one with power. So it's like any boundary that existed, a parent could cross because as a child, you're like, I you were the one who showed me what the boundaries are. Exactly. So you don't know, like you you don't know what's considered correct for like parent versus friend versus lover. Right. Mm. Like you're you're maybe it's that your mom never had a steady boyfriend. So she would have you like do all these things that are considered boyfriend D. Right. And that's like, well, that's our parent-child relationship. But it's like, no, you're acting as if you are her partner. And I think it's so interesting because it's like, I don't know. I guess it's like all the parents I know are trying to really do things differently than how they were raised. And it's like, that might just be like more conversation publicly. I do think it really helps. Like, I think like just to not pass on how we're all raised. Like, I feel like we're all trying to be a lot more aware and like in conversation with ourselves. But it is, yeah, then interesting to have parents who, like, they don't seem to be having that conversation, nor even aware that they should be having it. Like, the the idea that, like, I shouldn't, if my emotional state is this, I shouldn't immediately project that or bring that to my relationship with a child who, A, is is little or, like, not fully developed, but also, B, the baseline of our relationship is that child wants my love and approval. So I immediately have power in the situation and rather than like but i guess it's like that's what the movie is it's like we are not supposed to examine how power works in any situation and then once you do it's like oh well actually we talked about this and or if people thought about this there's all this good stuff that we constantly are like but it's good it's better this is a better way to do things rather than i guess like the threat of and i don't know if the threat in that is like if you like being a bad parent like it's like what is what is their reaction is like oh no i'm a failure or like, I'm not sure exactly like what, what the concern would be about that. But there's obviously so it runs up against something to have that challenged. And it's like, is that thing like I cannot think of myself as a bad parent or a failure because it, it would destroy me or something? Yeah, it's the way that society puts the nuclear family first, no matter what. Don't rat out your dad who's massaging you weirdly because you're going to break up the family. You're going to embarrass us where the mom says you should make us proud. So then they go to the funeral. David's face is really weird. Petri, who's Martin, Marty, the, the nerd from the front says from the front of the movie says, I need you to come with me. They he leads him into the woods. He finds Billy finds a car light flashing and Martin is dead with his throat slit. There's a figure there too who pushes him, grabs this black and white sweater, which is a great storytelling device because we know we're going to see that sweater later and know who this guy was. Mwah, perfect. He gets out of the woods and he sees Clarissa's house and they bring cops to the scene. And there's like no one there. It's a totally different car. And Martin's not in there and there's no blood. And the cop says to him, is it that boring being rich? Which I love because you're supposed to think the cops are these blue collar people. And then it ends up the cop is completely in on everything. So he's not making it up because he's bored being rich. But that's like what you're led to believe like the people below you in the social in like the social class or economic class would think of you, but actually they're just trying to maintain a status quo as well. So he goes home. He's like, Jenny, tell me the truth. She can't do it. He's like, where he goes to school. He's like, where is, is Martin Petrie? He's not here. David Blanchard is dead. Martin's dead. You know, there's, there's a society that's killing to keep its existence a secret. Everyone in the auditorium is laughing at him. Ted has the sweater. So we obviously know that Ted was the guy who pushed him, which I could have figured. And then Martin shows up and he's alive. 
and everyone at school is like, okay, Billy, you're nuts. Then he sees Milo and Milo's like, look, I'm sorry. I think I made this worse for you. I fucked this up for you. I did the shrunken head. I've been doing the dolls. You know, I'm I'm not in on anything that's been going on with like Ted and Ferguson. But like, I just I just have been doing this other stuff that's probably making it worse. And then finally, Milo is on his side. Finally, he starts telling Milo stuff. And then he says, well, I'm your best friend when it suits you, which is true. He's been going about this all wrong, which, again, is like. I think people in power are doing things to keep people in the lower economic class apart. Absolutely. And and I will say after coming out, I have been literally every conversation I've had with any queer or trans person has been extremely important and helpful. So I think it's one of those things where it's like, it's not, and it's not like I before I, when I thought I was straight. It's not like I wasn't interested. I just like wasn't the one pursuing that conversation or asking. And I wouldn't have known what to ask anyways. And I feel like now it's like, oh, I have some big questions about all this, especially coming out so late and like being raised Catholic. I'm like, I have a lot of opinions I want to discuss with people. And I think it's like, if you don't know the end to know to even ask that or have those conversations, then like, of course, they're not going to happen, you know, not for and not even like any ill will. It's just sort of like, you have to pursue those those conversations and pursue those friendships, much as the movie society teaches us. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. 
Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Well, it goes back to saying this is a conspiracy and this is a conspiracy. The people at the trailer park don't talk to each other about how Blackstone is doing this to them. So some of them vote for Trump and some of them vote Democrat. And nobody is communicating with each other about, you know, what needs to happen to actually benefit the economic class. Instead, you're right. There's like fake targets like trans people. And so I think Milo and and Billy represent these two economic classes or two people in the same economic class that are just not communicating with each other, which is what the rich people want, because it keeps them from banding together and voting correctly or, you know, banding together and protesting or whatever it is like there's not a lot of difference between like someone who is poor and white and someone who is like a marginalized race and white and and poor. But but there's more distance between those people and Trump than there is those people in each other. But it behooves no one for them to find that out. Absolutely. Yeah. And I I think, you know, like as a a cis lesbian, I, I think like you see all this stuff about like, using the idea of like cis women and then like even cis lesbians as like to use those groups as a way to like reaffirm why we should be afraid of trans women. And it's like, it's a constant need for propaganda because if there wasn't propaganda, maybe I live in LA. It's like, I, you know, it's like, I'm like, I've met so many trans people, including trans women. I'm like, well, they're all great. What the fuck are we talking about? So you need to have it. It has to be built into the system and it constantly has to be reaffirmed. Because if it wasn't there, people genuinely would be like, what the hell are they talking about? That's not based in reality. And that's true. I mean, it's true of race, true of like every every part of this. It's just sort of like, I don't know. I feel like there's more more of would be like, we all know this is all made up, right? We all know this is what's happening. But, you know, yeah, then we then Elon Musk buys Twitter. And then, you know, something that was could have been used to, for, to pr- disseminate information, then it gets destabilized too. So they bring him to the hospital and he doesn't want to go. He says, I'm almost 18, which is a a great little line that shows he doesn't really have power. Milo tries to break him out of the hospital. The rudest nurse in the world says he's in the morgue. Then Milo sees that Bill's Jeep is there. Bill is unconscious. He wakes up. He thinks someone's hurting Blanchard behind a curtain, but then he pulls it back and no one is there. Then he gets out of the hospital and he's acting super weird. And he's like, they just all want me to be happy. And then Milo's like, no, you don't understand. They're setting Mm -hmm. you up for something. I'm, you know, and then Billy says this line where he's like, I'm not paranoid. All my fears are real. And he feels Mm -hmm. like there's like a freedom in that. Suddenly he's got a spine. Suddenly he's like, oh, things aren't what they seem. Mm -hmm. You know, they want me to go home. And then he's like, actually like full of pizzazz. And he's like, it's time to party hardy. You know what I mean? Like he's very much like, he's like, okay, now I have this freedom because I know that I'm not crazy. And like, let's fucking go. The mom is there. The weird mom tries to get into Milo's car. He's like, fine. She tries to pull on his hair. He's like, don't pull my hair. It's like very funny little physical comedy bit. (laughs) Bill goes into the house with a knife. His family is coming. We see that everyone in town is in on it. And he's sort of caught like an animal. They, They hunted him. They put this thing around his neck. The whole time, I'm thinking, why are they letting him run free? But now we realize it's because they they wanted the thrill of the hunt. They wanted yeah. people who were not in on it living mm-hmm. in their society so they could hunt them. Clearly yeah. a big metaphor. So then we get to the shunting. The 
Judge says there's no business like show business, which now I'm wondering if they're trying to show that because we get to politics later. We see that all of these people are involved Mm -hmm. in politics. So I wonder if there's a bit of an Illuminati thing saying like the rich people are involved in entertainment and in Hollywood. And so this is where like all of this is like, you know, coming from then. But of course, we are also watching a movie made in Hollywood. So I think it is. But I think you're right. I think it is both. So then they get to this really amazing line where he says to Billy, you were never one of us. You're a different race, different species, different class. You have to be born into the society. We have been here as long as you have because of good breeding, because he says Billy says they're aliens. And he says, no, Mm -hmm. we're not aliens. We're among you. We're part of you. Yeah. Beautiful. I love that. I know. Like, it's so good. I love this movie. So then Clarissa comes inside. And then now we're going to get to the part where it's like, okay, show business and how they're putting the money behind like propaganda in Washington, too, because mm-hmm. they say to Ted, we might have an internship for you this summer in Washington because you have a bright young future, which is like now we're getting to see this is not just the Society of Beverly Hills. This is the whole of America. Yeah. EMTs bring in this naked hidden guy, which is Blanchard, which now we're seeing that the medical establishment is in on this. You know, they say that Jenny's they're doing this like society small talk where they're like, Jenny's going to go to Europe and go to Radcliffe. Judge Carter's talking about that while he's grabbing Jenny's boobs and saying she has poise, which is, again, what we talked about with like these men in the society just it's just being natural it just being natural that they will sexually exploit the girls in the society the young yeah girls and also in the your society. your body as a young person is part of it and like as a as especially as a young woman but which every young person it's like your sexual availability your sexual mm-hmm. does like attractiveness it's not for you it's not really for you to enjoy it's for other people and it, to enjoy and sort of I don't know, a strip mine. Siphon. I don't know. If yeah, like yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. take from you rather than it's something that you get to enjoy, which is also something I think a lot of us experience, you know, when we were younger. Jenny has such poise and it's because she's not reacting or throwing yes. a fit or doing anything when he's assaulting her. Then the parents say we both derive a great deal of pleasure from her. And it makes these sentences creepy, which is what I was talking about, where parents think that's what my children are for. They're going to do the right thing. They're going to do the right stuff like Europe and Radcliffe. They're going to breed correctly and they're going to and they're going to give me and my father and and their father so much pleasure from her. Yeah, they're going to make us happy. Exactly. It is not on me to make myself happy. My children will make me happy. So then Blanchard's exposed. Jenny and the mom and the judge start removing their clothing. Everyone starts rubbing jelly on him. They're attaching their mouths and fingers to him. They're putting themselves inside him. Clarissa tries to rescue Billy, but then they say this amazing line, like the judge, I think, says it. The rich have always sucked off low class shit like you, I think. Or no, Ted says it. Ted says it. That is just the thesis of the film Mm -hmm. is it's also funny because Blanchard and and Billy and Milo are part of the society. They're ostensibly kids who were born rich, but they're being treated as if they are the lower class because they're not born into this whatever cult this is. But Mm -hmm. we're not actually seeing actual lower class people being siphoned off of. So it's almost saying like, you think you might be part of this and you're not. You think you're you're benefiting from the rich. You think you might be part of this quote unquote society and you never will be and you're not. Yeah, which I think is like, that's why people like succession. It's like the, the idea of the wealthy and then in reality it is alienating. Untouchable to you. 
and, and, and it's like they're but their lives are also horrible now like i mean like look i, I was thinking so we we're talking again about the submersible submersible I'm like if i had a quarter million dollars i'd do something like good with it and my coworker was like or if you had money it would also drive you insane right and you would also do dumb shit and i'm like yeah you got me there like the idea that like but i would be the one i'd be i would think differently it's like but if you did, what would that look like? You, you know, got there would there. Be, also be repercussions for that. You got there because you think a certain way. Yeah. And it's not good. So then the judge shoves his hand up Blanchard's ass and out of his face. And it's absolutely mm-hmm. incredible. It's incredible. Billy runs. Clarissa sets him free because she loves him. He's caught. He runs upstairs. The judge's face like molds into this grotesque hand. I mean, basically what we were talking about, the special effects here, I'm not going to be able to describe it to you, but it's incredible. The special effects are so beyond whatever you're picture- yeah. picturing times it by a thousand. Like <laughs> it's, it's so the, well done. Some of the best special effects I've seen in anything ever. Yeah. He sees his mom is like a mix of hands and body. His sister's head is coming out of the mom's crotch. Like they're trying to fuck him. The sister says, mm-hmm. if you have an edi- if you have any edible fantasies you'd like to indulge in, Billy, now's the time. His dad's face is coming out of his own asshole. And he says, I guess I am a butthead. Yeah, wild stuff. Everyone is coming together as this like one big organism of like alcohol and fucking. I mean, it looks incredible. Yeah, it's it's I, I don't I'm not even gonna be able to explain it to you guys. You have to watch it if you are can stomach this kind of thing because it's so awesome. Then there's another line that it, it goes back to what we were talking about where they say, well, well, a slave revolt. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like, yeah, these kids are lower class. They are not actually the slaves. Yeah. In any way. But they're but like it, that is sort of the the thesis that we're getting to. And it's futile. It's a little bit like more like futile than, you know. This this organism is one body. It feeds off each other. And you guys are just some little individuals. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So they call Bill a bastard, which I think is very interesting because he's going up against fighting Ted and they say, Ted, the tycoon, Bill, the bastard. So he might actually not be born to his family. I think that makes sense. Like uh, to hear that line. I think that is. Like to per- per- the perverseness of accepting like a child into your home or into your community, and then constantly like bringing to them the fact that they are different is to me makes sense. It's like, oh well, if he's different, then we're allowed to abuse him, right? If you're if, lucky if, to if be here, yes, yeah. So everything that we do is then is then sort of sheltered by that. Yeah. It's like, well, we're wealthy. You should be so lucky. Yeah, we had a, a someone on our other show to talk about adoption. And it's this woman, Angela Tucker, who was adopted. She's black. She was adopted into a white family. And she talks a lot about how adoption is fine, but mm-hmm. it's um, it's taking people away from families that they should be a part of because we view this family as what? Too black, too poor, you know, they this this person is so lucky this she's so lucky to have been d- adopted by these like middle class white people. You know, she she they rescued her. And it's this very toxic narrative that she's like constantly trying to fight against, even though she loves her parents. Yeah, I my youngest brother is adopted. And I think that that was very much the what we were supposed like sort of the, the party line. And I would say I love him and he's my favorite, one of my favorite people. But it's sort of like the idea because then it like cuts off if you're an adoptive person, it cuts you off from like your own complicated feelings about it because you're only supposed to experience gratitude. 
and you know, my brother is, he's like an inter, is an inter, interracial and an international adoption. And then those sort of like bring up all these other things about like, uh, you know, Americans adopting from other countries, like my parents. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and adopting through a, a, a specifically a religious Catholic organization where it's like, we are, we are, it is our duty as we're saving them. And I think it's both like the literal boots on the ground, like, okay, well, that's, it's actually very complicated. But then also like then that complication, because we can't deal with any complication, then is the complication that the adopted child has to feel. And I remember like the first time I read about an adopted person who's also like an interracial adopted adoptee, how betrayed they felt and how like so sad they it was like it was devastating to me. Not that my brother necessarily feels like that. Again, he has a complicated relationship with it. But because I I hadn't even been allowed to think that. Like I had never even occurred to me that adoption was anything but well, we, what would you rather them do? And it's like, well, there's a lot of stuff that could be done differently for a lot of children to stay in their in their families of origin that they perhaps they would have wanted to be done. Like whether or not the adoptive family feels differently. And again, I love him. Like that's not the at all question. But like, well, what would a what would have an adopted child have wanted to have happen? And we don't talk about that. And so uh, our ruins with Crooked Media and Crooked Media has a podcast called This Land. That's about um, probably not going to I don't know. I'm so sorry. It was like native, like sort of like there's two different seasons. Yeah, yeah. We've had we've had the host of that on the show. Yeah. And sort of like having one whole season about ad- uh, adopting the sort of rules, and regulations about adopting native babies. And then, of course, they the Supreme Court just ruled in a positive way about it and sort of like, oh, what would that child have wanted? Is not at, is not the question that the adopt white adoptive families who are also religious are asking themselves, you know, it's like the good breeding line. It's like how they wanted the the daughter to go with like the judge. It's like, yeah, I think right. Okay, so I have three th- three things then happen that I would like to get your read on before we before we close it off. Great. One, Ted kisses Billy. Is that yeah. like a show of dominance? Is that meant to show that they're that the sexually deranged are they meant to what I was so thrown by that I almost felt like and maybe I misread it but like I was kind of feel I felt like you know like at the beginning of like an MMA fight or like a boxing fight like yes. men will stand like face to face and occasionally like as a show yeah. dominance like one of them will kiss the other and it is sort of playing with those ideas in reality so I took it as like a sign of like this is almost their version yeah. of a cage match or like we are squaring off in this way and much like when two men square off, it's all it's right. always inherently homoerotic. So yeah, that, that's a question. I thought it was what a show of think? dominance, yeah. And and okay, yeah. then Billy wins by reaching up and reaches his hands through Ted's eyes and turns his entire body inside out. And I thought that was like a fun metaphor for like, I'm gonna expose everything. I'm gonna turn you inside out. There's nothing inside of you, you're empty. And then everyone else in the society is scared that he's going to do it to them. So they all back off. Yeah, it's like as soon as some one person stands up to them, they are all so shocked that they step away and that gives them the opportunity mm-hmm. to, to flee. And so there is something too where it's like when you are rich, you do become so, acc- so acclimated to people just going like and just doing what you say and like having to pay, like paying people to act how they act. So like this moment of like, because they still could have like rushed right. him and like restrained him. Like they still could have killed him. But they were so shocked that he did that, that their reaction was. And he step punches back. his dad, which I think is a mm-hmm. metaphor also. And then Milo Absolutely. and Clarissa and Bill run free. Unclear if Clarissa is one of the the shunters. 
I well, so I, I I what I took that was like that she is, but she is sympathetic to their plight. That she that she is as someone who is part of this because you do see her kind of fighting with them. The other shunters, I don't know people. This is yeah, the other people of the society. You do see her try to stand up towards the end and be like that. We, we can't do this. So I think she was so moved and <laughs> clearly so horny that she had to do something. So I think she is one of the society, but she is now with she is in solidarity and, and that's the we got to have class cross class solidarity it's the conclusion of the movie and we couldn't agree more i guess but how long until she's like i miss shunting you know yeah like how often do you have to shunt like i i agree there's a lot of shunt related questions that the movie does not answer and then we get our final joke which is the judge because ted was just killed the judge says i might have an opening in washington this summer yeah and it just goes to show that it's still gonna, it's still gonna happen. Yeah, I fucking love this movie. <laughs> I remember that. I'm like, of course, fucking, you know, yeah. I thought it was, it was the bee's knees. Do you have closing thoughts? Go watch the movie Society. No, I don't know. I think the movie leaves it all out in the field in a great way. What a, what a film, what a moment. And yeah, in, in the, in the spirit of a they live, in the purge, like I love a really, uh, like we're playing out a metaphor in all of its grisly detail, mm -hmm. I, there, I, I really like that's a I'm sure there's some like political horror. I don't know what the you'd call the subgenre, but I, there's something about it that's really satisfying and really fun. And the great one liners. What about you? What, what are your closing thoughts? I love it. I'd never heard of it before you guys. I'd never heard of it before you asked me to watch it. I'm so mm. glad I did. I do love all of the unsubtlety about it. I do agree. Like, I love the Purge movies. I wrote about the Purge movies in my book. I fucking love them. Yeah. yeah. So, like, maybe it's, you know what my takeaway is, is that the time for subtlety is over. I 100% agree. I'm writing a movie for my own pleasure, but who knows? And it's a dyke werewolf movie. Yep. And it's just sort of like that is because that is how I feel. That is, that, that is, I, I think it is, let me show you my rage. Let me show you my queer, queer anger. Uh -huh. I think it's helpful. You know what I mean? I think horror is, we talk about this on the podcast all the time, like, horror is the language by which we talk about horrifying things. And like, I don't know, it's like, yes, what did that mean? It's like, sure, that's great. And then sometimes you need to have somebody get shunted. So we can be <laughs> like, you understand it in your, you know, it's in your fucking face. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Where can we find you and more about you? Follow us at Ruin Podcast on social media. And you can follow me at Hallie Kiefer. And I want to plug that Crooked Media uh, is doing a fundraiser called Vote Save America's Fuck Bands Leave Queer Kids Alone. And it is specifically a fundraiser to benefit pro-trans organizations in typically for most part in red states. But if you want to check that out and if you want to donate, it's through it's for Pride, but it obviously be open after Pride. But it's votesaveamerica.com slash fuck bands. And you also see like where your money, like what, what organizations that's being donated donated to and that kind of thing. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here and a good shunt to us all. Yes. <laughs> Bad With Money with Gabe Shane Dunn is a production of Noted Bisexual, produced by Melissa D. Montz and Diamond M. Print Productions, edited by Diane King, post-production sound by Coco Lorenz, and music by Mike Kaplan, Zach Sherwin, and Jack Dolgen, as sung by Sam Barbera. Thank you. Love you. Bye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards.
Sports. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.